under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. your name. It was a Nazi! It was a Nazi man! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. I'm just gay. Welcome, folks, to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. The two-year anniversary of the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And joining me tonight are the first two members of the Joey Clark Radio Hour Hall of Fame. We have, to my right, Southern Wood. Word. And to my left, Seth Spotlight. Yeah. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm, doing I'm, I'm good. actually not doing too good. Really? Why? I've, I've been hanging around up here, blabbering, running my mouth on these very microphones for four years. Yeah? I have had many great, wonderful takes. I've had awesome moments. Right. In the one, one and only hotkey I have <laughs> is I'm the truth. <laughs> That's the only one I get. I mean, what's up? I'm like a pinata over here. <laughs> the little herpes to make the life. That's, a, that's what, you know, it's going to happen. Life in the coldest. Jeez, uh, Bonetti. You know, honestly, I am uh, I'm tired. This is my long day. Of course, it is. Oh, it is Wednesday. September the 11th as well. Um, which is, you know, you think, oh, we know about it. We've told the stories. But anytime you revisit the stories from that day on 2000, in 2001, folks, and you really listen, um, yeah. sad. it's so sad. And I think we do the human aspect of all the different stories well. Uh, it's one of the best things we do as a society. We tell stories really well, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it has to do with people who sacrifice themselves or lose their lives in a tragic manner. But then add on top of that, on top of the human tragedy, the political confusion that came out of 9-11. And it's just, I'm spent in that (laughs) regard. Uh, I could recount what I thought that day when I was 12 years old. We could go through all that. But could we we not? Please, let's go. Like, I I know it's, I've done it all day, a little tired. Also, for folks who don't know... um, my grandmother, uh, my dad's mother, I called her Granny, good old Southern Granny, who's actually she was born uh, in Minnesota, and uh, 
Minneapolis-St. Paul. Maybe that's where I get all the Prince influence from, like that song <laughs> I just played. Just indirectly. She's from jeans, yeah. up there. and you know, Isn't that like the state color up there? Or is that just a football team? The Vikings? Yeah. No, it's, purple makes sense for that cold of a place, you know. Yeah, no, it is. A, I, Prince adopted it, but it's kind of a, a a thing up there. It makes sense. I mean, purple's just, I mean, that's an old school color. Priests wear it during Lent. I mean, royals used to wear it. Purple's just a, a great color. But um, folks who don't know, uh, Helen Clayton is the name many in this community will know her by, passed away yesterday. And... Um, all sorts of people, and I, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, especially the folks who um, responded on the Book of Faces saying they knew her. And what's so great is they knew her the exact same way I knew her. Now, I was not terribly close. It's a weird thing that happened with me, with both of my grandmothers, is I was real close when I was a little kid. And yeah. as I got older, I'd still you know see them, but it's not the same sort of closeness in a way. Mm-hmm. Um but I, they remember her just how I remembered her. She loved to dance. She went on 26 cruises Ooh, that's with awesome. her uh, husband, Billy. And they taught ballroom dancing classes. On, they were instructors on 26 cruises. That's awesome. That so cool. uh, she always had a magnificent garden. Like, hummingbirds from all over the river region would come to her backyard. And she was just always smiling. And it, I'm sure she had her moods. I'm sure she had her days like everybody else. But whenever I saw her, she was great. And uh, and in many ways, it's just the rough reality of when you get old, some diseases are, in my opinion, worse than death. So in many ways, I think knowing from her directly, this is a relief in a way. It was her time. Uh, it still sucks. <laughs> yeah. still tragic. Um it sucks for the ones that are still here. Because, I mean, yep. m- Mama got to that point one time. Yep. She was like, I just wish I I wouldn't wake up tomorrow. Right. And then she wakes up, and you're like, you're still here, Mom. Hey. You know, you, you're still, still get to see my to ugly face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But you gave it to me, you know. Uh, and that's also the thing. My grandmother was very sweet. Granny was very sweet. Uh, but my dad, my Uncle Greg, the oldest of the family of the siblings... Uh, my Aunt Karen, they all have this wicked, sarcastic sense of humor. They got it from my granddaddy, Ray, but they also got it from Helen as well. You know, it's uh-huh. she was subtle about it, especially as I got older, I started to notice. And also, she got older, she just started saying things, not out of like, oh, she's going nuts. It was like, no, she just <laughs> didn't care anymore. Oh, yeah, the, the filter wears out the older you get. But she followed me and my career here on the radio, always had sweet things to say. I actually did listen. Um, uh, the service, I misspoke last night. It's Dalreda United Methodist. I get my denominations all mixed up. I'm raised Catholic. Sue me, folks. Um, but well, it's just y'all and everybody else. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, but no, the service will be at 11 a.m. Saturday morning at Dalreda United Methodist. Um, and it'll be good to see family, and we'll remember her, and hopefully smile like she always had a smile on her face as we remember her, Neil. All that said, all that said, I've had a long day. We've remembered all the tragedies close to home from 9-11, 18 years ago. It's the two-year anniversary of the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Can we have some fun? Can we, can we have a yeah. little? Can we have a laugh or two? Has it been two years? Two mm-hmm. years. 
Now that's that's from is that from just the week weekday mm-hmm. nightly show or is that from when you started your no if you count weekend. the weekend you count the weekend it's been more like three and a half but okay. I, I'm only counting it from the the Monday through Friday show because the show. weekend thing's all other different thing I can tell you from having done it and and who who was who was your very first caller on your weekend show on your very first show that Saturday at 11 to 12? I believe it was some really happy man. I'm just gay. Was it, yeah, it was you, right? <laughs> I've been stalking you for four years now, then, or three and a half. Well, and, but hey, you've fallen behind. He stalks me more than you now. How you doing, Seth? Good, man. You're my shower music. He's no, got a... Yeah, that helps. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Seth has a panel van. No, a not sign anymore. That says, not anymore. Oh, no. puppy. He's, he's stepped up. He's now candy. got like a I've crimson, got purple Impala or whatever. Yeah, leave my purple car out of this. I like purple. It, they call it burgundy. I just said go ahead and call it purple. Yeah. No, it's a good color. It's yeah. a nice, classy, classy color. I'm not sure what class, but it's classy. <laughs> it's certainly... It's the one with the wood grain. Classy. <laughs> so, let's have a little bit of fun. And I found a story that, you know, a big theme of the show, there have been multiple themes. One is vinyl records. I was doing a record of the day. I realized I don't have enough money to keep buying new vinyl to do a record of the day five days a week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm still listening to vinyl. It's great. Um, vinyl, and we'll get into this in more detail later, but vinyl, for the first time since 1986, is overtaking CD sales. Which is exactly how I'm tracking. Most of the music I listen to is digital streaming, like everybody else. But when I buy a physical copy, I want a collector's item, something I can look at liner notes and artwork and read about. I'll buy a vinyl set, especially if it's used. But, like, there's a new... I'm going to have to spend all the money. In November, they're coming out. It's my show, so, you know, (laughs) sue me if I go too fast. But they're coming out with a 1999... Prince's, a reissue of Prince's 1999 from 1982. And the original album, I have the original album on vinyl. It's two, it's a double album. Two LPs. Two, you know, pieces of wax. This reissue has ten LPs. Two whole new vinyls full of vault material unreleased. A DVD of a live concert from that time. Another LP of a live show also on wax. It's just... It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. But I like the idea that now, with the internet, you can access anything you want in terms of music. Old music, like real old music, like Gregorian chant, if that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to my playlist on my <laughs> no, I hear you. music? No, actually, I heard you in the fields one day. I was uh, stalking you. <laughs> You're out on your property just singing to the heavens. I'm like, wow, he's gone old school. No, Calling was, the cows. I was singing to the cows. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Makes the milk sweeter, man. I believe you. I believe you. But music. Do you remember the butt music? Yeah, like Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. From his Garden of Earthly Delights, we covered that. We've covered so much music on the show, and I'm just happy to see that what I've experienced in my own life is happening all around the country and the world. That when people buy physical copies now, they usually buy vinyl. Now, people still use CDs like, here, listen to my demo, or they'll give you a thumb drive even. But I think vinyl is so cool. It's like you have to flip it over. You have to pay attention. It's, I think, active listening. A medium where you you put on the headphones 
and where you put on the really good stereo system and you sit and you listen. It's not background music. It is something you uh, immerse yourself in. And I love that. And I think that's one thing that vinyl has that, it, well, I mean, and I guess you could simulate it, but it's got the pops and scratches. It's always going to have one little piece of lint on it somewhere, uh-huh. and you're going to get the little tick or something like that. You so, can't simulate that. You know, it doesn't surprise me, because what happens if you're, if a CD gets dirty? It you just get a remix. Remix. It's, just it, it's just, I mean, it's all jacked well, up. And also, I will say, what sounds better, I don't think vinyl necessarily, in a technical sense, sounds better than sounds digital different. music. Uh, but I will say music that was made with the intention of being put on vinyl. Has a different sounds, sound to it. It sounds better on vinyl. When the engineers and the artists are thinking, okay, we're going to put this on wax, you probably want to listen to it that way. That makes perfect sense right, to me. Right, because they didn't have all the instruments to perfect a voice and, and take a flat and make it a high right. and, and, and get everything completely perfect. Because that yeah. was the... See, I came up when not everybody had CD players. I right. didn't have them growing up. And even my first vehicle, I didn't have... I put a CD player in it in 1991. That's when I had my first CD player and started getting into CDs. Yeah, and but the 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 draw of the CD player it was an Alpine too. It skipped like a son of a gun. <laughs> oh, I mean, any little road yeah, bump. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, do not. Don't even run don't over. Go a, don't hit a reflector. You know, on the road. <laughs> but but uh-huh. the uh, the thing the 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 draw about the CD was it was you know clear. crystal clear music. And then now we've have digital stuff. I mean, good gravy. I mean, you put, you know, pods in your ears and right. plug it into your phone, and you have got... I mean, you can understand the words it's to amazing. songs now. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, amazing. But well, if you think about it, just technically speaking, like, for when you first put down the needle on a vinyl LB, yeah, and that... Even if it's a perfectly clean piece of wax, that's always going on, even before the music starts. And still going on, it's a a true mechanical sound. And that's really cool. Same thing with tape, as well. Yeah. With digital, no, there's true silence (laughs) until the music starts. You hear it spinning. Yeah. Yeah. You hear it spinning. Well, yeah, you you hear the motors. Uh, You hear the lens moving. It's like, well, have you ever put a CD in? Like, I don't do this anymore. You put a CD in, and you hear your driver. It's like, Uh, oh, no. I love Please work. I love them. I love CDs. I grew up with uh, cassettes with that yellow Walkman that was big and gaudy, and you had the, like, the extra clothes thing on it so it didn't get water in it and messed up and you towed those around and then it turned into cds and now i love cds i I do if i'm gonna go buy something i'm gonna go to i'm gonna hunt it down and i'm gonna google and i might have had to go to all these freaking places and you know it's hard to find them but they're there yeah they're just not my favorite i guess there's a certain era of music where the cd was dominant like in the 90s early 2000s that's when the cd is dominant and and i'm with seth because i remember like going back to the cassettes i mean you had the cassette and the thing that just drew you to the CD was I can go from track right. one to, to track, track six yeah. because there's not but two good tracks on <laughs> this whole CD. And streaming music has just so surpassed. Now that. you can have you everything can, on a thumb yeah. drive, and you can skip all sorts of things. I think it makes it too easy, though. It really is. It, it man. does. That's why I like vinyl. That's where I can like if I really just want to listen well, to an album as you, it was intended. If you've I'll got know. a real steady hand, though, you can move from track one. You can. You can see the group. You count yeah, the grooves yeah. and you drop it you and you really? keep moving it. Oh, I've yeah. Never, never, no, I did that. Too. Never once done that. Really? Really? Not once in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Due and to fear, messing it up, and just, I mean, I didn't know what it was. 
Oh, oh. And when you call it wax, is it really a piece of wax? I thought it was plastic. Well, it's it's vinyl, literally. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah don't look, man. Well, they call it's it just, vinyl. It's uh, slang. Like, <laughs> yeah. like. But uh, that, that's been a big theme of the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I don't know, continuing that trend, buying some vinyl when I have the money and when I you know want to do that. But another theme of the show has been uh, going all the way back to one of my favorite writers, Oscar Wilde, that life imitates art. Somebody creates a form of art, whether it be a movie or music like we were just talking about, or it could be a stand-up comedy special. What I'm talking about, without giving the joke away completely, Dave Chappelle and his new special, Sticks and Stones, if you haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet, folks, watch it. I did. I enjoyed it. So funny. It was good. So good. It, yeah, I would say now, I would say it was good. Joey was like enthralled with it. Yeah, I thought it was. Re- I mean, it's, it's really good. It, it reminded, reminded me. It reminded yeah, me of Richard I did. Pryor. Yeah, several that's, times. That is my test if something's good. <laughs> See, I don't, <laughs> y'all remember I don't, Juicy? I don't. I don't think it Juicy? went. I don't think it went as far as Richard Pryor and and see I kind of mm, went yeah, into it. On which Pryor? Well, I went into it with like this preconceived notion because mm. I had heard all this gibber about too hyped all up. Day. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I was looking for something when I went in instead oh, of just okay. sitting down and saying, "Oh, right. it's Dave Chappelle." See, I just watched it, yeah, and I heard all the uproar about you know how racist and and how much he was against the LGBTQIA community and and how it was just the worst thing ever in the history of the world and i was like you know the jokes are funny but they weren't that inflammatory right okay yeah you were going in with this oh you've read the I political like, press i cannot believe how bad this is going to be no. but it was just like, no I, he reminded me funny he reminded me of Pryor because he did the classic richard Pryor where he talked down about white people Oh yeah, yeah, and it was, and he does it though in a way that's like you know what he's up to. You know he doesn't like he, no real ill will there. He's just kind of giving it to everybody on an equal basis. Oh, right? he, he was very equal, and that's why I was. I don't. I won't say I was disappointed in it, but I was surprised that this is right extremely inflammatory. Right? It's, yeah, no. it is because everybody's sensitive. But anyway, there's one joke you that he wrong people cry when he's talking about the yeah. alphabet people and the LGBT. The T's in particular, he does a transgender joke. Yeah. Where he, he talks about, you know, what have I felt a certain other ethnicity? I'm not going to give away the joke. Watch a special, folks. But I'm wondering, that's an absurd <laughs> That was really <laughs> That's funny. really funny, isn't it? But, but see, it's because it's so silly and dumb. And, like, it's just, he, he builds up, like, oh, this is going to be so controversial. Then he just does a stupid, like, old school joke where it's just, it's very physical. He makes a face. It's great. And you think, no way real life could go there. Oh, no. Life imitates art. This is a Florida man story from Tampa, Florida. Ja do. I'm not just making sounds with my mouth. First name Ja. Is that J-A. 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 No, just J-A. Just J-A. J-A. <laughs> just J-A. Do. D-U. <laughs> ja do, born a white male. What? Named Adam. Now considers himself a Filipino. This is from USA Today. He even drives what he calls a tuk-tuk. An Asian-derived vehicle used for public transit in the Philippines. Jadu, born Adam, is part of a small but growing number of people who call themselves transracial. The term once referred only to someone or a couple of a one race adopting a child of another. 
But now it's becoming associated with someone born of one race who identifies with another. Uh, I will just say this. Me too. Hand to the Bible. I believe I'm the only person in this studio that has been identified as an African-American. You're saying this hand to God? Hand yeah. To God? Yeah. You, who How many people thought I and Bibby <laughs> were the same person? <laughs> it is, the resemblance is uncanny, actually. It's pretty I funny. love your Elvis. It is no, that's funny. what I'm talking about. I, I identify as Elvis. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. No, and um, before we keep going into Jadu's story here... Um, I've been seeing all these articles, and it's just terrible, where families, based on adoption or you know multiple marriages or whatnot, have children of different races. And people, when they see either it's a black family with a white kid, or a white family with a black kid, or an Asian kid, or whatever, Filipino, let's get specific about our ethnicities, people are calling the police for, like, kidnapping. I, I remember that story about the, the black guy that was, I think he was babysitting. Yeah. Or maybe he was, ba- and maybe he might have been, you know, an uncle by marriage to, right. to some white kids. I've seen and like, like all the freaking police yeah, on him. And I've seen There's like, this black dude over here with these white kids. And I've seen like oh, three really? or four of these yeah. stories recently. It, and it's like, yeah, it's the black guy with these white kids, and it's the white family with this black kid. And it's like, folks. Like, even if you're playing the game, one of these things is not like the other. Why do you immediately assume that it's kidnapping? It's like, you know, child slavery. Give me a, like, what the hell? Like, come on, just relax. That's great. Now, if I saw Seth with any child other than Rose, because I know her, I'd be like, 911. Get the SWAT team. Yeah. Oh, it's great, man. We we hang out, and she drags me around, and I follow her, and people look nuts because, like, she'll drag me around, literally. I'll be 10 feet behind her, and we go in a store, and they see this little kid running the store by herself. They're like, yeah. Like, I'm right here. Don't worry. She's precocious for it. She's on it, She's man. Sweet. She's very sweet. She's on it. But anyway, let's continue with the saga and the story of Jadu. Jadu. Again, first name Ja. J-A. Last Last name Du. D-U. This is, by the way, not the name that he was given. It's a name he chose. Jadu says he grew up enjoying Filipino food, events, and the overall culture. Whenever I'm around the music, around the food, I feel like I'm in my own skin. I'd watch the History Channel, sometimes for hours. Nothing else intrigued me more but things about Filipino culture. Okay, by the the way, this is all fine. Like, if he just really enjoys Filipino culture, as far as I'm concerned, cool. Like, but I'm really, as most everybody knows by now, I'm a really big Prince fan. Doesn't mean I'm Prince. Like, give me a break. Doesn't even mean I was one of the band members. I'm just a fan. All the influence. I love old blues music. Like, I like all sorts of music and food and stuff from different cultures. It's a great thing about the modern world. Yeah. Doesn't mean I am that thing I somewhat, like, relate to. The symbol formerly known as Joey Clark. Right. <laughs> I love Argentina. I do. Man, Argentine barbecue? The way that they cook meat down there? Beautiful place? I, I mean, I... I yeah. Does it mean... You're not Argentinian. I don't know. I might change my name. 
To what? You already have a name enough. <laughs> you have plenty of I names. I need one more. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the deal with your friend Clay? Oh, he just has multiple names. Rico Suave. Is yeah. that Argentine? He tells a lot of stories about dancing and how people used to look at his butt. Like, it just, it just he's a oh, character. Oh, hold on, guys. I, I never said used to. Hammer, oh, it's cooler. I was trying to put it in the past tense because now I'm just going to throw up. Anyway, the term transracial started to become more widely known because of Rachel Dolezal. She was... That's where I was going. She was born white, identified as black, and portrayed herself as such. She did it so well that she became president of the Spokane, Spokane Washington, chapter of the NAACP. You, you, know, you know why? And I'll just be completely honest right now. Ain't no black folks in Spokane, Washington. <laughs> and they were like, oh, look, her skin's a little darker than ours. She must be black. So the USA Today authors here decided to go to a psychologist in Tampa. They went to Stacy Schreckner. Stacy says she's not had an encounter with a client wanting to change their race. She has, however, worked with clients who otherwise desire different physical features. If someone feels that they feel at home with if someone feels that they feel if someone feels that they feel at home with a certain religion a certain race a certain culture i think that if that's who they really feel inside life is about finding out who you are indeed stacy the more knowledge you have of yourself the happier you can be she continued and as long as it's not hurting yourself or anyone else i don't see a problem with that jadu hasn't told his family because he believes they will laugh. <laughs> now, Adam, you want us to call you what? <laughs> no, look, brother, you don't have to believe that anymore. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to laugh. <laughs> oh, and it's not just your family, my friend. These are three people in Montgomery, Alabama. They're Florida man or Florida whatever you are. Laughing at you, Jaw Doe. No, and I all bow to this guy. I mean, and, and it gets oh, to the point John of Doe, Jaw Doe, Jaw Doe, Jaw Doe, John Doe. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe he went with a generic, yeah, Filipino name. I don't know. It's just <laughs> strange times, weird times indeed, folks. Weird times indeed. But it's, uh, I don't know. It, it shows how ridiculous at times. Like the just the concept. I've tried to advance this idea before, and people are like, "You're denying racism." Like, no. Like, I'm taking y'all's own language. Race is socially constructed. If I could use what people in college, my polka dot sock progressive feminist teacher Stacy taught me, that race is a social construction. So was gender too, Joey. Oh, okay. Thank you, Stacy. And it just goes to a certain point of like, wait, 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 wait. So is it how people look? Is it how people present? It is socially constructed. Can't we just move past it? Yes, people have a different genetic makeups. We have different inheritances. We come from different places. Right. That, I guess, could be important to say biology, medicine, these sorts of things like that. Can be. Men and women have a different biological makeup. Slightly different. I mean, but that's just on average. No, I wouldn't say slightly different. Well, the, no, actually, the the differences Gene between... Gene-wise and all that is all the same, but there's a huge... That, right, that but, shows the difference in just a minute amount of genes. But it's a funny thing how this works. The averages aren't that different, like in terms of temperament, all sorts of things between men and women, but that small difference in the average 
makes a huge difference when you get to individual yeah. people. Especially the outliers, like most people in prison. Men. Violent, aggressive men. Usually really violent, aggressive, dumb men. Low IQ men. Whereas, you know, women don't usually end up there. Some do. So there's only a slight difference in temperament on the average, but it makes a huge difference down to the individual person. And, of course, we can relate. But it's just at a certain point, have we jumped the shark here? I'm oh, worrying it, about who pe- what what's your identity what's your name who cares definitely mm-hmm. exactly who cares people are people right just call them that so Jadu enjoy you being call them Filipino stupid or not so stupid I respect <laughs> I mean thank you Seth and look at look at this this proud beautiful brave Filipino man right there <laughs> Southernwood is wincing <laughs> and squinting. squinting did you leave your spectacles at home God, I mean look I don't that. even know how to describe do most Filipino men have long purple hair uh not the ones that I've met see look look at that proud Filipino man or are they fair skinned I figured he'd be worried about what his gender was not no, it, and i don't that know that was my uh, first instinct yeah, i was he, like is this a tranny or as in no i, I, no, I think I he's just 50 a, bucks he lives in it uh, a long house a, a what a long house what's a long house like a, i mean other than a house that's really long mobile, mobile. Yeah, oh, uh, oh now, now <laughs> Seth's going to start cutting on us people that live in double wide trailers. Right. No, 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 no. Oh, he's no. in a single he's wide. He's in a single oh, wide. Oh, that's one room. Room. Why? This is why a you're a Nazi. <laughs> you're Native American. I can't say anything because I've lived in a longhouse. That's and though, why I call him a longhouse. And long the strange house. thing people don't know about you is even though you are, in fact, you have Native American heritage, uh-huh. Cherokee, you, you told me the other night you identify as Inuit. Uh, yes. But you're not I'm, from I'm the Great White North. It. You're not from Alaska. Hey, I, I identify as it. Look right. at me. Can't you tell? Hey, here's the thing with Jadu. All power to you, man, if you like Filipino stuff, but it doesn't mean you're literally, like, Filipino. So, I just... The language games, we've jumped the shark. We've jumped the shark. I like Mexican food. Does that make me Mexican? No. See. Si. I mean, but I guess you can be. I mean, I really like Mexican food. See. Si. I like Italian food too. I'm right. Here. I kind of got the temperament to be an Italian man. Yeah, you use your hands a lot. Yeah, Especially I use my hands talk. a lot, and I can lose it just like that. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can go from um, zero to hundred. Wait, wait. Are you not just Italian? You're Sicilian, right? Mm-hmm. I might be Sicilian. Mm-hmm. What about you, Seth? You still Inuit? Uh, yeah. I'm just Joey. I'm a little bit of a funky man. I'm trying not to dance. You not guys got to give me a thing. I recut this the other night. A little different than what I've been playing before, but we'll be right back. Joey Clark. I make low-budget adult film. 
Welcome back to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. <laughs> By low budget, I mean like enough for dinner or something. And a long house. <laughs> a single wide long house with two rooms. Now, if you were actually a pornographic actor, this story I'm about to read would make sense. But here's the headline from the New York Post. Married man's death during sex on business trip ruled a workplace accident. What? So if he was in fact a pornographic actor, male performer, that would make sense, but no. A married man who died of a heart attack after having sex on a business trip in France was ruled to have been a victim of a workplace accident, making his company financially responsible. Engineer Xavier X. Ooh, wow, on, man. I know. Yeah. He's in dirty movies. And you mean he wasn't one. in movies? I know. Xavier X. <laughs> he should have been with that name. As the pizza boy. He kind of looks... <laughs> Kind of looks like Patrick Stewart. He was bald and like anyway. Xavier X was found dead in his hotel room shortly after having sex with a local woman he just met. This is according to the Times of London. Lawyers for his bosses at the Parisian Railroad Construction Company TSO insisted he was not performing duties. Well, <laughs> when he had the heart attack, were they there? <laughs> he, they blamed quote the adulterous sex act. That he had had with a complete stranger for the heart attack. But appeals court judges ruled that an employee on assignment is entitled to their employer's protection for the duration of their mission. Whether or not (laughs) the accident takes place as part of a professional activity or as an act of normal life. Even adultery. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I don't think he's uh, um, a dirty movie person because I googled him. And it didn't pop up, and we all know it would have been like the first thing. Oh yeah, up. that's a, that's a hell of a name. Yeah, I put Xavier X in, and Professor X came. Well, up. and by the way, this is you wonder why the court system. This is in France now, folks. But you wonder why the court system's so backed up. He died in 2013. They're just now getting around to the. Jeez, Benetti. It's so. Ridiculous. That's the problem with yeah, the court I double, system. I double checked the article's date. It's from yesterday, September twenty nineteen. <laughs> so you, that's not one more X in his middle name, and then you were just asking for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you spelled Xavier with an X. But I mean, that's one of the problems with the. In 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 to a degree, it has to be that way. But there's no common sense. I mean, you should look at that and go. You've lost your freaking mind. He's doing some chick that he met at the bar. He was off work. Okay. That's no different than if you were at the house and you got through with a business meeting at your main office. Right. In, instead of going here, hit you in the head. Yeah, but he was on mission. He was on mission. He was at a hotel room. And because of this, the courts have ruled this way any partners and children will receive a monthly benefit of up to 80% of his salary until what would have been his retirement age and then a share of his pension. Wow. That's all. That's called making everything fair and yeah. taking care of everybody. It, it, what What would be the difference in the mission if this happened on Friday after, or say it happened right now, tonight? Mm-hmm. Us three and a young lady were sitting here, 
and we were coming up with an idea for a new show or extending the show or something like that. And afterwards, Seth and young lady go out and they get them a hotel room and something happens and Seth dies. But tomorrow morning, we're going to finalize what we discussed tonight. Is she still on mission? Even though she lives here in Montgomery, Seth lives right here in the area. Uh, that's, I mean, that's no difference. I don't care if you're overseas or in a different city or what have you. That's stupid. But there's no common sense that says, dude, you're on your own time. They're once. in France. Well, th- but you're an American. You're yeah. not a frog. So, a you know, frog. <laughs> you know, it's different over there. You're not a frog. But there are some Americans looking to bring this sort of uh, entitlement to the United States. Let me quote one of these people mm-hmm. and guess who it, who it is. Big Bird. Living close to work shouldn't be a luxury for the rich. It's a right for everyone. Who said that? Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. No, No, Bernie Sanders would have been living close to work. Shouldn't be a luxury for the rich. It's a right for everyone. But it wasn't Bernie Sanders, I wouldn't say. I say crazy crap all the time. I wouldn't say that. That's just nonsense. No, the person who said it's more like living close to work shouldn't be a luxury for the rich. It's a right for everyone. And this white supremacy in this country, yes, I've, I've, I've benefited from my white privilege Wayne. and my white supremacy. Andrew Wang. No. Mr. Yang wouldn't say anything like that. Oh. <laughs> He'd be concerned about something else. <laughs> I'll give you another hint. It's a guy. He's not doing real well in the polls. I don't know, Joey. You've only got two voices. Booty Gitch? No. No, he doesn't have but two voices. And it's not Bernie, and it's not... uh, Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham. (laughs) I don't know who it is. Unless it's... Wait, wait. Is that Biden? No, I have 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 plenty of voices. I have plenty of voices. Joe Biden? No, it wasn't Joe Biden. And by the way, by the way, since we had President Trump here, and I am President Trump, uh... When I found out about the vaping crisis, and they said, well, Mr. President, the, the, most of these people are getting sick and dying. It's a big problem for the children. It really is. Uh, when they're dying, and we do have to protect the children. I, just, I was, uh, I was uh, doing my duties with Melania, and she was telling me about this. But the children and the vaping, getting sick, and the lungs collapsing, all that. Yeah. Uh, I said, what are we going to do about these illicit substances? Since it was apparently black market stuff that did this. They said, well, sir, since it's black market, it's already illegal. And I said, well, let's make it super duper illegal. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like that. No more cotton candy vapes. No more apple cider vapes. No more fruity pebbles. Yeah. No more mimosas. When you're going to vape under Trump administration and Trump's America, America first, it's going to taste like tobacco. Tobacco. You sound like this. Or it's going to taste like water with a little nicotine in it. Oh. Anyway, I don't, I don't like that. I do declare, sir. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I have many voices. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he has four voices. Mm. Well, and then I have voices that I do, they don't even. You can't even assign the, them to people. The ones in your head does not count, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Those do not count. No, but this guy who said living close to work shouldn't be a luxury for the rich, man. It's a right for everyone. It's a young cat because he said, man, I'm looking at you because you got to pick these. We have to narrow this down. Matthew McConaughey. No, well, it's, it's not running. It's, it's, it's somebody, it's, it's running, somebody running, man. Come on. Serious now. I'll give you another hint. This guy lost to a, a clean-shaven Ted Cruz. Beto? Yeah. Beat off O'Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he has made some asinine Man, statements. it is a right to live close to work. And I actually think I'm nailing his voice I, pretty I well. I really, now, now that I've put two and two together, that's actually not a bad beat-off. Well, and then uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren has this very earnest lilt to her voice, and sometimes she sounds like she's going to cry. But we need the courage, America, to take back the power from this. Yeah, anyway, is I'm that, working on that one. Is that the, Williamson. Is that the Indian or the witch? No, that's not the witch. No, Poca, Pocahontas is Elizabeth Warren. The witch is Marianne Williamson, who kind of reminds Reminds me of Ariana Huffington, but she has a little less of the, the whatever Ariana is. I, maybe she's Filipino. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, like <laughs> Ariana or uh, Marianne's, like I can't believe how 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 mean the Democratic Party is. Like she has this ridiculous. I love her accent, by the way. I'm we not need to just get the it. background music for um, the Wizard of Oz whenever the Wicked Witch was flying around. <laughs> You know, and then we put it behind her. No, and really what she said, she gave an interview last week where she said, I didn't know how mean the left could be. She said, I, she's never sold crystals. Like, how she got branded, and actually when I looked into her, I'm like, all right, she really did get a raw deal. <laughs> like, they took her to the woodshed and branding her a kook. Hell, she gave them ammunition, but like... They didn't exactly cite her own words. But that's what Well, you, we did read you, the tweets. <laughs> that's what you do in politics, of divine though. love. You take something <laughs> with just a grain of truth in it, and you accentuate it and expound upon that, and you make it a lot worse Buckets than what it love. really is. And then yeah. if you say it enough, and if, if all, what, 27 people that were running for president at one time on the Democratic side, if they all fall in line in lockstep mm-hmm. and start repeating, yeah, she's a witch, and they, they didn't go right. as far as we have gone, but, I mean, basically saying, yeah, she's a witch. You know, people just believe it, and that's, that's what you are, yeah. and you're branded as so, and you can never get over that threshold. Now, in the video, Beto goes on, we force... Lower income working Amer- now I kind of sound like Cory Booker. <laughs> we force lower income working Americans to drive one, two, three hours in either direction to get their jobs. Very often minimum wage jobs. They're working two or three of them right now. We we force people to do that, or is it just life? Mm-hmm. It, no, it sounds like Beto. You want to force other people to pay for somehow the fact that people have to commute. Work. You have to drive to where you get. Right. You you drive. You used to drive all the time, right? Yes. Sam? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did somebody force you to do that? Uh, yes. Who forced you to do that? The man, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. But didn't you just you change jobs? Yeah, a I changed bit? jobs. Wait, but I thought you were being forced to do that job where you're driving all the well, time. Now I'm forced to mm. drive. Uh, still a little bit, but nowhere near right. as much as before. Oh, so circumstances forced you exactly. to do that. Oh, oh. Choices. Life, yes. Yeah. So you know what I mm-hmm. should do? Move closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You fixed the me problem. Yeah. yeah. Rich and people are going to have to allow or be forced to allow lower income people to live near them. <laughs> it's already happening, Beto. It's called Section 8. Like, come on. But, you know, Joey, and that's the disappointing thing is is the rhetoric. And, and Trump got, you know, really taken 
to task about his course talk and the things he was saying in the last presidential election because apparently that's the only election that makes a damn about anything anymore. It's ridiculous. And and it's it's amazing to me you know to hear you know the democratic platforms i mean just today and i know that you and i and and we have a little difference on on what the the trade deal with with uh china is doing to the country but i mean the stock market goes up today because the cost of now this was going to destroy the car market everything wholesale products the price of them were going to necessarily freaking skyrocket they went up one-tenth of one percent last quarter and everybody's like oh really wow they they didn't really go up and china today comes out well we're going to remove a 25 percent tariff Mm -hmm. on certain things we're selling china freaking rice man let's be clear about the the nature but all you hear is the uh, we're we're we are I mean, we are on a tailspin headed to a recession. Right, but have, let, let's be are fair. We? Has that been? That's been a lot of the media's position. Have that? Has that been my position? No, not yours. But I'm I'm talking right. on on trade in general. The well, way and, Trump's and handled. Here's where we still have a disagreement. But I changed my tune on Trump last summer when he was at that G7 or G20 meeting, something like that in Canada, and he suggested, well. Um, well, we're talking about trade, and we have all of us here in the room, all the very powerful people that run all the countries. Um, thank you for hosting us, Justin. You, you look like you got something on your face. Pick your eyebrow. Like you, your eyebrows falling. You look like somebody. You know, you know my desk in Trump Tower, how it's so shiny and smooth? Uh, like lacquer. I think it's called lacquer. It looks, that's what your face looks like. Anyway, besides <laughs> the, your shiny face, um, what I'm thinking, since we're all very powerful people and we can make decisions here, uh, why not we consider no tariffs between our countries? And everybody was dumbfounded. And Trudeau's like, well, what about uh, a, uh, what about uh, um, uh, milk? What about the, like the, the, the non-tariff uh, trade barrier? What about the, the milk market here in, in Canada? And what about the toques that we were really? <laughs> Can't believe you went toques, man. We call them beanies, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they call them toques. beanie, man. I love... I want to go visit Canada. I like the Canada. Man, that would kill me. Anyway, I changed... I'm like, okay, if Trump's ultimate goal is no tariffs, and that's kind of... His fair trade is, in fact, free trade, getting the government out of the way of people trading with one another. I'm all for that being the end goal. Then when he brought on Larry Kudlow, I'm like, oh, it seems like that's the end goal. What I still disagree with to this day is that a tariff like raising taxes on certain goods coming into the country makes us better off. Like, remove from any negotiating tactic. It doesn't. It's raising taxes to make things fair doesn't really make them fair. It's, it's, I think, possibly a good negotiating tactic. And that's... Fair enough. You know, and and when when has Trump, though, said something that he didn't follow through with? When when has he said something he was completely 100% dishonest about? Such as... I've had the largest crowd ever. There are... Come on now. I ain't talking about hyperbole. (laughs) (laughs) There are weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Right, right. Who said that? I mean, that's a flat-out fact given to the people that, hell yes, and everybody voted, let's go in there and do something. Hmm. Oh, uh, 
Well, see, our strategy, our strategy was wrong, and uh, you, you know, I was mistaken about that. Uh, fool me once, uh, shame on uh, you. you. Fool me twice, I, w- I won't uh, get fooled again. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He actually said that, by the way. And I love the video of that. Folks, go revisit it. It's a great presidential moment. It's great because, I mean, he nails it. He says, fool me once, shame on you. And then he just stares at the camera. Fool me twice, and he forgets the second yeah, half. You can tell, you can see the wheels spinning in his head. He's like, "Oh damn, I'm in a tough spot." Well, well, I'll fool me again. Man, I did too much blow back in there. <laughs> By the way, W is probably my favorite ex-president at this point. I didn't love his presidency, but oh my goodness. He's like right. he's hilarious these days. Now that he's not in office, but he's I'll, up there on Ross Perot, I wanna, which didn't make it. But right. Great candidate. Well, here is check for one billion dollars. Fix all the problems in the country. All right. See, I have a lot of voices. Okay. <laughs> now look at my ears. I could just you know, if we Fly got a problem away. with the sun and climate change and the ozone getting too you know you know get, f- fading away, uh, we can uh, just use my ears and put them over the sun. <laughs> it's like a big tent. Anyway. That's my party, too. Big tent. Populist party. That sucking sound. You know, it's NAFTA. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Close out the second anniversary show here. This is a story from Loudwire. Roaming wildlife can be a beautiful thing. Unless it's bison obstructing a highway. Fortunately, police in Montana have a solution. What did they do? I mean, did they try to bait them? Did they try to scare them? Well, electricity. They did scare them a little bit. They blasted this song. Yeah! <laughs> right, they blasted ACDC's Hell's Bells, coaxing the herd of bison to move on. The Gallatin County Sheriff's Office shared a picture of a road-blocking bison on Facebook, stating, quote, being a deputy around West Yellowstone comes with unusual duties. Hopefully you don't die from adultery on the job. Including, because you're not getting benefits, you're not in France, you're in Montana. You always have to have Hell's Bells on tape. So apparently they responded to the bison in the road, so they turned on their lights and sirens and encouraged the animal to leave. When a reluctant bison would not move, they will blast through the police PA. Hell's bells. Dude, I can totally imagine that. Him popping it out of his little case and having it on tape and being like, Boop, in a car and just cranking it up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and they're, you know, I talk about all sorts of music, a lot of pop. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. But whenever I need... walk man out. Yeah. ACDC ah. never gets old. <laughs> ah. Like, it's a great go-to to just have, like, some... Great driving, straight up like adrenaline and testosterone shot to the arm. Like that, it's simple, but it's so good. Yeah, this song always takes me back to Hooper Academy when I was a junior, and this was our run-out song to a basketball game, and we get all the way to the part until he says, Hell's Bells. The principal got up and walked on stage because we literally, y'all, this is this funny, actually. We had a boom box on stage with a microphone, the PA microphone, laying in front of it. And that's what played the music over the speakers. (laughs) And Mr. Green walked up there and turned it off in the middle of the song and was like, finger out, come here, boys. Took us all in the locker room. <laughs> He's like, that song said a curse word. <laughs> he said H-E double hockey sticks. Woo! Well, that does it for the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Two years 
is now behind us. Seems folks. like just yesterday, yeah, buddy. Thank y'all for joining me on this. Yeah. Great hey, congratulations. Yes. Oh, thank you. Great job thank for you. two years. Congrats, man. But we will uh, continue the show tomorrow. Frisco Riverstone will be here. It's nice. Be fun. Joey Clark.